All right, guys. Good to see everybody here this morning. Good to have you guys back from Bible Bowl. See you. Our guys are back. Got everybody back in one piece. That's all. Uh, Cole's going to talk to you all about this, this morning about how they did everything, how it let win. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do all that. But, uh, we've got a couple of things that uh, that we need to talk about first. If you're watching us online, we're thankful. We're grateful. Thank you so much for watching us. Hope you enjoy. We uh, uh, we are going to be in First Timothy is where we at in chapter three, where we're going to be, and and we're extremely glad that you decided to tune in with us. I think maybe we have some people that we're going to talk about this morning tuning in. So uh, I don't know that for sure, but uh, they might be. So anyway, got a, a celebrity here this morning. Tim man Selka is here to visit with us this morning. I asked him when I saw him, I said, you moving back? No. I said, you moving back? You sure? No, not moving back. So, you can move Padre Island close. No, 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 no. No. I like it to be right where it's at. Way away. Way away. <laughs> uh, a couple of things before we pray. Uh, uh, I just would inform that Connie Jank is in the, is in hospital at Citizens. She's had a heart attack last night. Uh, she's in room 274, and uh, they're going to do some tests on her tomorrow. See what exactly is going on with her. You know, if you want to reach out to her, maybe drop her a card. You know, maybe run by and see her right quick. I don't know if, if she's up for visitors. I don't know. You don't know? Okay. Okay. What Two seven four. I think she would really enjoy having some visitors come by and people that really respond to her. Uh, we'll be praying for her anyway this morning. Uh, I got a text from, from Janet Slodacek while ago, and Steve is uh, not doing well. His, uh, you know, his pain is, uh, is really, really more than he can bear, so he's been put back on pain medication. He's got a, he's got a, a visit with an orthopedic specialist on uh, Wednesday, and uh, and then she spilled hot coffee on her foot this morning, blistered top of her foot. So this, this guy, these guys just can't catch a break, man. So I don't know if they're watching this morning, but guys, stay away from me. <laughs> Y'all, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I love them to death. I, I can't wait to see them come back. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, he had major back surgery, and it's going to be tough. It's got, you know, it's got some things he's going to have to deal with and get through. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we'll be praying for him this morning. And then y'all know that Jonah's trial. I had an accident the other day with uh, with a telephone pole. Yeah. You know, when you get a when you get a, in a in a in a confrontation with a telephone pole, you're probably not going to win. Uh, he had 11 broken ribs, a broken clavicle, broken sternum, punctured lung, and they were waiting on a, on MRI results inside his neck. And when they got them last night, we found out this morning that his neck is fine. They've had him up walking, but he's still in intensive care because they got him on on a. I think Cole said he's on ketamine which is a is you can only minister that through the intensive care so uh, so until they can wean him off of that 
uh, that he's going to be in intensive care. He's got to get up, got to go to the bathroom on his own, that kind of stuff. But she said, please pray for him. It's going to be a long recovery. Uh, Jonas is their youngest son. Jonas, uh, I have a connection to because when Clip was, uh, uh, was young before Cliff died, uh, Jonas was the one that stood up for Cliff when he was getting bullied at, at I think at camp, I think it's worth. Okay, there's a difference. I was told at school and Kevin was told at camp, so it may have been twice, but he stood up for him and was willing to fight the guys, and, uh, and I never forgot that, you know. So, Jonas, if you're watching, I want to tell you thank you again. I've told you thank you before, but I want to thank you again for what you did for my grandson. It was, uh, it was awesome <laughs> to do that. So, but anyway, that's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a neat, he's neat, neat kid. Yeah. Can we send out a shout out to Bendra? I know she's watching. Yeah, we Bendra, we are we are all here for you. We support you. We're so thankful that uh, that you're doing okay. Uh, we pray, can't wait to see you here. Uh, I know that it's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough to deal with the loss of any kind of loss in your life. Uh, but when you lose someone that you've been close to for so long, it's there's a hole that that it puts in your life that it just takes a while to fill the hole. Sometimes you never can fill it. Uh, you get past it. But it's uh, it's it can be very difficult to, to deal with. So anyway, uh, thank you, thank you, Bender. If you're watching, we uh, we all love you and we're and we're praying for you. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Donna Hill is my niece and boss first cousin. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer six months ago, and she's dying. She's on hospice. Do me a favor, all of these people. Would you send a shout out to Pam so we get it on the list? Uh, you know, it's uh, it uh, it can be get very difficult to to do all that on Sunday morning. So, uh, but you know, uh, these are, these are ones that, that, uh, that, you know, and, and that will see. These are, uh, uh, Becca has had surgery yesterday for something that she went through it. Okay. She's yeah, good. good. She's doing well. She has some real problems and they, and they operate on her and she's okay. So, uh, there's a lot goes on here, guys. There's a lot that goes on. Y'all don't know about sometimes things that are happening that people just don't let anybody know about. And, and, uh, Good, bad, or otherwise, that's just what happens. So, uh, you know, that's why we try to, eat, you know, Pam, I always call Pam, and she said, I'm going to send an email blast out. Boom, boom, boom. She, that's why you don't get email blasts all the time, because here's the thing we find out about, and they're going, they're going on. So, anyway, uh, this is what happens in a family. It's a family, guys. This is what happens, all right? Let's pray, and we'll get started. <laughs> Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We're so grateful uh, for this day that we can honor and glorify you today together as a family. We pray that uh, our uh, our worship and our praise will go up to you as a sweet aroma. We pray, Father, for Connie. We pray for Jonas, and we pray for Steve, and we pray for uh, uh, the person that that uh, that uh, Jeannie told us about. Uh, you know these folks, Father. You know what their names are. And you know who they are, and you know whether we remember or not. You still know them, and I pray, Father, that you bless them, and especially, Father, we want to we want to uh, always give prayers for for Bendra and, and her loss and her family. We pray your blessings upon her and Janelle and Brady as they as they deal with the loss of Sia. Uh, Father, that, that's a hole that we can't fill, but we can move on and learn and grow and, and be better because we've known him. And I thank you for the opportunity that I had to know him in, in this life, Father. Thank you. Help us, Father, as we're uh, as we be, be a, as, as we're a blessing to Bendra and her family. <laughs> Father, bless us as we study this morning. Give us insight. Give us clarity of thought. Please, Father. Soften our hearts that we might see clearly what needs to be done, what needs to be done in our own life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In, uh, in, chapter, uh, in uh, chapter 3, we're not going to read it again, but in verse 14, 
uh, Paul says, he writes to Timothy, this is a young preacher at Ephesus, he's left him there to preach and to, and to grow the church, and he says, I want to come to you soon. He said, but because I can't, he said, I'm going to write these things to you so that, the, that, the, that you'll be able to teach these people what it means, what it's like, and how you're supposed to live, and how you're supposed to conduct yourself within the within the within the, the household of God, which is the church of the living God. Okay? You know, so when you when you look at a text like that and you understand that this is not just for them, but this is for us as well, what is the what is the dynamic of the church? I want you to think about something. Think about put yourself back two thousand years ago. All right, and you live in Ephesus, you live in Corinth, you live in Galatia, you live in Philippi, you live in these places, and these itinerant preachers come through, and he's done all kinds of miracles, and he's convinced you that what he has to say is true. And you know that something's happened to you. You don't know what it is. You can't explain what it is. But what you know later on is the Holy Spirit has come and made his dwelling with you. You don't understand that. But you start to see the you start to see you start to see things from a perspective that's different than what it was before. You know, and so when you look at this from that perspective and you say, okay, what must it have been like for these people 2,000 years ago to, to pull themselves away from family, pull themselves away from the from a, any kind of religious organization they knew before? Many, many of them in Ephesus were pagans. It was the center of the worship to the goddess Diana. So it was there was many pagans there. And these pagans were coming out of the pagan world and coming and being converted into 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 Christian into a Christian walk and, and being being made disciples and being grown in and, and and nurtured into being disciples of Christ. And and all the stuff that he tells us and all this that he tells us through this is is he's telling Paul, I mean telling Timothy, this is how the church needs to conduct itself. This is what needs to happen here. Okay, this is what needs to go on. And so you're looking at this and saying, wait a minute. You know, I don't know these people. I don't have anything in common with these people. You know, and so some guy comes along and says, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You really don't need to do this. You really need to do this. And now you're confused. Now you're confused. And you don't get, a, you don't have a book. You got one letter. Maybe two that circled. Maybe the one from Philippi got circled around, you know, and you saw that one. But that's all you have. You don't have a conglomeration of facts. You may have someone that has access to the old system, the old law. Maybe you have the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Maybe that's what you have. Think how difficult it was for them. And so when they they would read this and read this and read this and read this and try to apply these things. And, and here in chapter 3, he's talking about leadership in the church. What is the leadership supposed to look like in the church? Well, in your in your pagan world, you had some priestess or priest that was, a, that was a, taking you on a pilgrimage journey to to some god that you worship it was a it was just a, a, a statue of wood or stone you know that's all it was and they, and you had all kinds of things that you did within the confines of that of that religious experience and now you come along and everything's changed how difficult you think it was how you difficult you think that was it was almost impossible that's why god incorporated them when they did this with miracles so it would confirm what they were saying that's what mark chapter 16 said the miracles accompanied them to confirm the word you know when i said the other day when when paul got bit by the snake in in a in a in, a, in acts you remember that when he goes to malta and he gets bit by a snake and he shakes the snake off and he keeps doing and the people go they're amazed and they start to bow down and worship as a god because they know that a snake bite from that snake kills you they know that and he doesn't die. 
You know, they, you know these miracles, these miracles enhanced and confirmed what these guys were saying. But still, you know, I mean, think about it. And then he comes along and says, "I want you to appoint elders and deacons there." Oh, by the way, women, this is how you're supposed to how you're supposed to conduct yourself in God's church. This is what you're supposed to do, men. This is how you're supposed to conduct yourself in men in in God's church in the kingdom. If you want to be right in the kingdom? This is what you do. And this this doesn't just apply two thousand years ago. This supersedes all of that. Supersedes that up until today. Should we apply these principles? Absolutely. You know what does it mean to have elders in the church? We looked at last week. What is it? You know, think about what it was like for them, and then think about what it was like for someone like me who come out of the world. My whole world was based on a religious experience that didn't have anything to do with what with what I was doing now. And I'm looking around, I'm going, I don't have. I mean, I'm like, it's like a whirlwind. I'm, going, I'm I'm whirling circles here. You need somebody in particular? Elizabeth. Who? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, she's sitting right there. Want to make sure she's okay. So anyway, you know when you when you look at this and you look at at the 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 dynamic of what these people and you really think back and see what was it they were experiencing, think how difficult it was for them. Well, sometimes when you hear about somebody being studied with, it's the same experience going on to them. They're having to look at this from a perspective that you maybe never looked at it from, and they're looking at this and saying, "I don't understand any of this." You know, okay, what does it mean to have an elder? What does it mean? So, you know, they come into a class, and I'm trying to explain to them, this is what an elder is supposed to be. He's supposed to be this kind of guy, and he's supposed to have these qualifications. And, oh, by the way, there's deacons. You know, And, I, and, I, and the, the elders were those, I mean, the deacons are going to be those who take care of the material affairs of the church. Okay? So that the elders can take care of the spiritual life of the church. That's what happened in Acts chapter 6. You remember Acts chapter 6? When they came with a problem. Came with a problem. Doesn't really say that deacons were, were that's where it was established. You don't really see the word deacon until Philippians chapter one, where it, to where he where he uh, greets the deacons there as well. So you you know, but but that that idea of an office or a position of being a special servant, that's what the name means. It means diakonos, it means a special servant. Special servant for a task set aside. And that's what deacons in the church were supposed to do. They take care of the material needs of the church. You know, I don't want to deal with the things that are going on with the air conditioner. I don't. I don't got time to deal with that stuff. I don't want to deal when the sound thing, when the when the screen goes down last week, I should look at the other one. I don't care. You know why? Because I don't have to fix it. I don't want to fix it. I want to be in the back talking to somebody that needs that needs my help in a different way. That's what that's why these guys are do what they do. That's why. Different people have different jobs, you know, but I want us to read these qualifications. But I'm going to ask you, I asked you last week, how many of you would like, because all of us in here are leaders. Would you say that's true? Yeah. All of us lead at some point or another. If you're a mom, you lead your daughters. If you're a dad, you lead your son. Lead your son. If you're a husband, you lead your, your family. If you're a wife, you lead, you, you lead the, your family to a, to a better understanding of, of what it means to be a Christian woman. That kind of, you know, you have all of us, if you're on a job and you have a responsibility of employees or or, you're, or whatever, you have a, a, a responsibility to lead. If you're a student at school, you have a responsibility to lead other people into a better way of thinking. All of us are leaders. So when you look at these qualifications, you say, okay, this is qualification for an elder. That spiritual guide for the church. But are there, are there principles here that I could apply to my life? Absolutely. All right. So let's look at it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in verse 8. 
All right, we've already looked at the elders. We looked at the three words, the, the three words for elder, which is shepherd, overseer, and elder, okay? There's three three different, distinctly different words for the same group of guys. Now, look at deacons. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served will gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? Mouthful. Right? I'm going to jump immediately to verse 11. First. All right? It says, it, that word, that word in the Greek for women can be translated women or wives. Now, there's a great debate over, over this particular word in this particular verse in this particular chapter. One verse in one chapter. There's a great debate. I'll tell you what it is. Okay? There's a they uh, uh some people say that this is talking about women in general okay some people are saying these are the deacon's wives and then some people another another idea is that this is a new office called deaconesses okay all three of these different different uh uh different commentators different theologians stand on different principles okay what have you always taught, heard me say? Always. When I say, when you read the text, leave the verse where? In context. Where is it in context? Sandwiched between the, the qualifications of who? I think a better translation for this word should be wives. I don't think it should be women. You can translate it either way. It depends on the context. And I think it should be wives. If it was going to be an office of deaconesses. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a text where, where Phoebe is called a deaconess. All right, but there was never any place where we where we were told how to conduct ourselves in God's church where there was that particular set set aside an office. I think we have deaconesses here. I think Rochelle's a deaconess in her own way. I think she is. I think I think in the things that she does. I think my wife is a deaconess. I think I think Ginger's a deaconess. When, you don't in think the a deaconess is just the wife of a deacon. Huh? You don't think a deaconess is just a I, I think I think absolutely. If if she's living the kind of life this talks about, I think absolutely. I mean, you know, I hold my wife up in very high esteem because of the responsibilities that she's taken upon herself. You know, and I think when women do that, that they don't get they don't get no right. I think Anne is a is a great example of, of a deaconess who has taken on a special task for a specific specific purpose and does great at it. You know, when Tim left. She was willing to step in, and it doesn't make any difference. She gets paid or not. So what? There, there's, there's evidence in the scriptures for elders to get paid. Okay, we don't, but it's up, there's elders. There's places that where it says that it's okay for them to get paid. So I think if someone takes on, you know, and for what she gets paid, I would bet that job on a bet. No, I'll bet. There's way too much work for what she gets paid. I'm just telling you. You know, I think she does an awesome job. Stepping in, I think she's getting better all the time. I think her and Mark are becoming a team at that, and that's what you really want. You want a team effort, and that's what they're doing. I think that's what's happened with me and George. I think that's what's happened with other with with you and 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 Rochelle. You become a team where you work together and you form this bond together. That's what it should be about. You know, here deacons are. You know, I I don't know about. I was a deacon for a short period of time way back when, uh, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Didn't have a clue what this meant. 
But I know that if uh, if Georgia does, isn't who she is, I can't do what I do. Pretty simple. I can't do what I do. I can't be the, I can't be an elder, period, if I don't have her to support me in what I do. Okay? Now, if something happens to her, God forbid, you know, I think that, that the that the memory of that would, would carry on. But I but I know that well, if I'm getting off chasing rats, I don't want to do that. So, you know, if you want to go look at where it talks about someone being a deaconess, go look at Romans chapter 16, verse 1, where Paul says, and he greets Phoebe, who is a deaconess. He calls her that special servant. But there is this text here does not does not develop an office for deaconesses. If you leave it in the text, it looks like it's talking about the deacon's wives. So let's take it on. That's and and if you want to teach it different, then you stand up here. Okay, that's my that's my train of thought. I'm running with it. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'm gonna run with this train of thought. I think I think it's talking about the deacon's wives. I think that's what it's talking about. And so let's look at it from that perspective. You know. Uh, let's go back to verse 8. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest goods. They may keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. Okay? What are the deep truths of the faith, you think? What are the deep truths of the faith? What do you think that is? Come on, man. Don't, I mean, don't be bashful. You can't ever stand up here and teach you. Don't be bashful. Huh? What, what do you think that means? The deep truths of the faith. What do you think that is? Think about it. In that culture, in that time frame, remember 2,000 years ago, the deep truth would be that Jesus died on the cross. Good grief. Can you imagine them trying to wrap their minds around that? We've been inundated for 2,000 years. So it's just a no-brainer. People that don't believe in Jesus believe in the cross. Don't mean they follow it, but they believe in the cross. Those people are going, no, come on. This guy died. They put him in a tomb. He came out on the third day. Come on. That's a deep truth of the faith. When you say, for those people there, what's a deep truth of the faith today? I can tell you one that Cole just touched you last week and we dealt with on, in our small group, that the Holy Spirit indwells us. There are people in the brotherhood that don't believe that. I'm just telling you, there are people in the brotherhood that don't believe that. They, I mean, they will, they will absolutely fight with you over this. They'll get mad and leap over that. And we've had some do that. Because of because of our stand on on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, yeah. But you know, I mean, hey, you know what it what did it say? I mean, it's a deep truth of the faith that that uh, you know I I, I, uh, I I taught this about because Paul asked the Church of Galatia if you were in my class Wednesday night, he said, I want to know one thing. Did you receive the Holy Spirit through the law, or did you receive it when you believed the truth? When you when you get it. And I t told him about, I'm not going to say the guy's name online, but there the, was a guy that I looked at his commentary, and I and, and they're really staunch into how the Holy Spirit comes and, and really how salvation comes. And, uh, you know, the one verse they didn't deal with, he didn't deal with in the whole page and a half that he dealt with that particular idea, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You know why? Because it says you have to be baptized, and they don't believe that. That the way you get it is the way you get salvation is you have to be obedient to God, be baptized into Christ, and you'll receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. They don't deal with it. Just don't deal with it. So when you look at this and you say, "What is the deep truth of the faith?" That's a deep truth of the faith. It is true. Okay. Now I, I like verse ten. Look at verse ten. In the same way, though, I mean, uh, they must first be tested, and then if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacon. What does it mean to be tested in that in that context? What do you think it means to be tested? What do you think it means? You think we ought to get out a written test? Is that what he's talking about? What do you think it means to be tested? 
think you have to look at their lives and see okay. how they've been living. Okay, look at their lives. See how they've been living. Delisha? When they go through a trial. Okay, when they go through a trial. Like when an experience happens in their life. Do okay. they cling closer to God or okay. do they... All right. <clears throat> see how they react. <clears throat> see how, so when the testing of their faith comes, see how they react. Mark, what were you going to say? Well, when they appointed uh, to take care of the widows um, in distribution of food, he said, find people full of the Spirit. Yeah. So another test would be, are these people actually full of the Spirit? Okay. All right. Y'all got that? You know, because that's what, they, that's what the, the apostles told them. Got find men that are full of the Spirit, have a good reputation, good report, and, uh, and put them in charge of feeding the widows, because we don't need to be doing this. We don't need to be waiting tables. You know, we need to be doing uh, more spiritual stuff, not waiting tables. And so that's what they did. One of them was Stephen. Remember Stephen? In Acts chapter 7, where do you see Stephen? At the at the wrong end of a rock fight. <laughs> that's where you see him. You ever been on the bad end of a rock fight? Not one like that. I've been on the wrong end of a rock fight before, but not one like that, where everybody was throwing at you and trying to kill you. That's where they find him. You know? Yes, ma'am. New English Bible. They must first undergo a scrutiny. And if they normalize against them, yes. they may serve. So they, they scrutinize them, scrutinize their life, okay? Be tested. I think that, I think when you find someone who's going to serve, whatever the capacity, whether it's elder, deacon, whatever, you look at them and you're going to see them already doing the work. When you see a guy already doing the work, he's going to, he's going to have suffered the pitfalls of whatever, whether it's, a, whether it's male or female, you find someone who's already suffered the pitfalls of the negativity of the, of the, of the chaos of, of doing that work. And you find, you know, like, you know, here's Adam here is our deacon over our youth. You know, I mean, he's got young kids. He knows what it's like. He know he sees it. He's not that far removed from being a teenager. And we've got Cole helping him. I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you. And so he's been tested through that. We've seen him go to camp. We've seen him do the things that, you know, that go on, on field trips with these kids. You know, he loves kids. So you couldn't find someone better in this place you know, to, to turn your kids over than someone like him because he has their he has their best interests at heart. You know, him and his wife, his wife makes a great they make a great team. They're like they're like bookends together when it comes to kids. They love kids. You know? That, I, you know, I don't want little kids in my house. <laughs> I like kids too, but I like them when they're your kids. <laughs> when you can take them home with you. I want them to go home with you. I don't want them to stay with me. Well, they don't stay. <laughs> they leave. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully they do. Hopefully. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> but the, the point is, is that, is that, that when you when you've been tested through those things you find you find someone that rises i remember when noah chris came to me and he said i think it was noah it may have been bobby but one of those two guys came to me and said said uh, i got something for you to do and he said uh, he said we want you to serve as a deacon i said okay i have a clue with them i didn't know anything and they wanted me to serve as a deacon over home bibles home bible studies and bible correspondence well, they asked me because that's what I was already doing. I was already going to the jail. I was already doing Bible correspondence course with God. I knew it intimately. It had already been tested there. So it was a no-brainer that, that I would do that, and they would ask me to do that, you know, because that's what I was already doing, you know, in my, in my personal life. They were just going to give me a title, and I told them, I said, I don't, want to, I don't want this shit to be a title. I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want a title. Heck, I keep doing what I'm doing. I don't need a title. And he said, no, 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 and then he gave me some parameters that I understood better than So, you know, when you look at these qualifications and you look at the, at the, uh, uh, 
the way that these guys are tested and the way that they're, uh, you know, it says they should have an excellent standing. Elders and deacons should be have an excellent. Why is it so important? Have an excellent standing in the in the community, and and uh, and why should why is that so important? Why is it that their reputation be? Because you're you're trying to promote the inner workings of the church. Okay, and you know if you you know I was I was in a Bible study one time and uh, and uh, I was studying with a guy that had been converted and his mom and dad and his sister. Okay, I'd already converted him. We were in his house. We were going. I was going there once a week, and we were studying together. And I and I, I I looked at his dad and I made a comment, and his dad said, "Hold on a minute." And he said, "Does so and so go to your church?" And I said, "Yes, he does." And he said, "If he goes there, I'm never coming to your church." And I'm going, "Ouch!" You pretty much know what happened to the study after that. <sighs> Crashed out. You know, because it was a because it was a bad reputation of someone that 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 was that had put themselves up on up, up here and now they were at work. They were not the person they were here. So that's a that's that can undermine everything that you stand for. You know, when we had we have when you have when you put someone in the pulpit and you and and you've been not told the truth and you put someone there that's got some real baggage coming down the road, guess what's going to happen at some point? We've been there, man. That happened to us, and we got blindsided, didn't have a clue, and it was another church didn't tell us. Didn't tell us what they knew. They wouldn't tell us what they knew. And so we got blindsided by this. You know, and it, the reputation went, you know, our reputation went down the toilet for a while because of it. So, you know, I mean, that that's extremely important to have a reputation of a good, be a, a, have good respect from outsiders. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions before we go to, I got another verse, but before we go there, because I want to, if I get there, I want to, I want to see what, we're going to see what Jesus said about leadership of the church. Okay. Now, but, but here, what practice should elders and deacons avoid? What do you think? Maybe you, you see it on list. Maybe it's, maybe you put it in your own words. What is a practice that you think elders and deacons should, should avoid? Come on, guys. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You're not going to hurt any of our feelings, right? And I'm, I'm serious. Tell me what you think. I can tell you this. All right. I was, uh, uh, I was, uh, uh, had an opportunity to study with a, with a lady that maybe we study on Wednesday night. And somebody said, well, we've got an empty room over here. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. That ain't going to happen. That ain't happening. I said, if I stay where I'm studying with her in the foyer where everybody can see us, you know, just because, not because of the hurt, because of the perception I think elders and deacons ought to avoid the perception of evil. Now, that's hard to do sometimes. It's really difficult to do. But, you know, I think that should be a mindset. What do you think? What, what's something that, that, that elders and deacons, leadership should, 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 be, should avoid? What kind of thing, practices do you think they should avoid? Favoritism. Favoritism? That's a, that can be very difficult because everybody's eye is different. And how that favoritism comes across, I think that's, a, I think absolutely that's a, that can be that can be difficult because especially when when your when when your perception, my perception may be one thing, and that may not be the truth, because you know you don't know all of the facts, you don't know everything that's going on, okay, you don't know what's going, on. but I understand that that you know I've been there before where where that was perceived that it wasn't true, but that was the way it was perceived, and we had to fix that. So hold on a minute, David. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. 
keep secret if someone comes to them in confidence. Do you hear what she said? The one thing that an elder deacon better know up front how to keep your mouth shut. Because if you don't know how to keep your mouth shut, the last thing you need to be is a leader. All right? And and that and that can that's hard. It's hard sometimes. All right. I had I had one that came up and I and that person asked, please don't tell anyone. I said, okay. <clears throat> and we held on to this thing for for months. And I finally went back to the person. I said, I cannot do this. I said, I've got to tell my wife. I said, I can tell you my wife won't talk. She won't say nothing, but I've got to tell my wife. I have to. I cannot keep this inside anymore. This is, it was killing, it was burning a hole in me. And so I went and talked to my, and, and that person said, that's fine, you can tell them. So, you know, but we kept that under wraps for a long time. You know, but anyway, Dave, what are we gonna say? She beat me to it, I was gonna say gossiping for them. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a, a no-brainer, but that, sadly, I've, I've heard of elderships and where, where they couldn't do that, and where they told a wife, or a wife found out, and then the wife went and gathered to somebody else, and then now it's now it's rolling down a hill, and you can't stop this snowball. It's bigger. It's gotten so big, it's gotten bigger than your house. Yeah, you know, and that's a problem. So, you know, it, it, it works the same for an elder's wife or a deacon's wife as it does for an elder or deacon, that they have to be able to keep their mouth shut. I know what how, what Roy told me. Roy told me that he said, I don't feel bad anything. He said, first off, I don't tell her anything because I don't want her to have to deal with this. I don't want to have to worry about this stuff. You know, because he, Roy was never concerned that Betty was not going to be able to keep her mouth shut ever. You know, that was not something he ever thought of. But he didn't want he didn't want her to have to deal with it inside of her heart because of how how compassionate and empathetic she was and how it would have how it would have twisted her up because of of how she was inside. So he just didn't tell her anything. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how he did that. Where he'd go out and be come home at eleven o'clock and his wife would say, "Man, welcome home, honey." And and you know that you know what you've just been through. You just seen the blood and the guts of, of the of the underbelly of the church, and you can't tell nobody. That's I don't know how you do that. Anyway, some, something else. One more, and I got another question. Yes, ma'am. This translation says the deacons should not be given to money grubbing. Yeah, you know that that can you know to to be a to be like the world where 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 you where there's a greed factor in your life. You know, if you're greedy as, a, as an elder in the Lord's church, man, you're gonna you're in, you're in deep trouble because you're not gonna make no money. That's for sure. That ain't gonna happen. But you know, but I understand that why that can be a, that can be a problem because I've heard of, of it not it being different. But you know, now here's another one. I got one. This one. All right, this one. In what concrete way could you encourage a leader today? And I'm not talking about an elder deacon, but just encourage a leader today. Maybe it's a leader in your home. Maybe it's a leader at work. How could you encourage a leader, or how would you start to manifest that where you encourage a leader today? How could you do that? What's a, a concrete way you could do that? Tell him now he's helped you. Huh? Tell him now he's helped you. In the okay. Place. Just encourage them by, by word of mouth. Somebody else, what would you say, Chris? I said, you know, when they do something that's positive, give them the positive feedback. Let them know, hey, mm -hmm. I see you doing it. I like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Keep it up. Yeah. You know, just that much. Yeah. It's a big deal. And that's and that work this works, listen guys, this works for a wife as well. To encourage her husband and so who's supposed to be the spiritual leader in her home. Just pat on the back and say, Man, I thank you so much for doing what you're doing. You know, just a, a pat on the back sometimes makes all the difference. Or a husband saying, Thank you for being the leader to our children that you are. Just something like that. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about just elders and deacons here. This is a generic question. How can you, in a concrete way, encourage a leader today in your life? You know, I mean, whether it's an elder or deacon or whether it's a husband or wife, or maybe it's a maybe it's an older son or an older daughter. 
That's been an encouragement to the younger kids. That's what they're doing. They're leading. And so you say, hey, thank you for what you're doing, man. You know, you go up to your son and say, man, thank you. for. It's really a privilege to watch you lead your family and watch how you're doing that. That's really a privilege to watch. You know, Something an, like that. An encourager is a true gift, too. Yeah. There are people who are wonderful encouragers. And some, some that don't have that birth. Yes, ma'am. You can thank them God. Do what? You can thank them God. That's absolutely right. You know? So, you know, I mean, some people have that gift, some people don't. All right? But it doesn't mean you can't develop that gift in your life. Develop more. I'm giving you an opportunity here to, to focus in, tunnel vision in. Okay, well, I'm, I've got a, a leader in mind. Maybe it's whoever. Maybe it's my son, my daughter, my husband, my whatever it is, somebody. And I'm going to I'm going to find a way today to encourage them. That's not being encouraged. That's not taking on the role or ministry of encouragement. It's just doing it for one time. I can tell you that Brenton Peterson does that to me anytime he's in class. You know, I've never told him, but every time I get through it, thanks, guy, for showing up. And and Brent will always say thank you, Dan, every time. Every time he's in class with me, he does that. And that he doesn't know that, but that's a, that's a tremendous encouragement to me. That I know he was paying attention, I know he was listening, and I can tell when you're listening when you're not, I know that, but for him to acknowledge it. Yeah, Ginger's over there going, I think. But I know that, I know that it did, it, it, and, but for him to say it is a, is, is really a blessing. And, you know, uh, uh, Robert has, has, has said that to me before. He said that to me. I don't know how long ago it was. It was a, it was a couple months back. And he said, he said, I really like your class. And, and man, that's a, that's a tremendous encouragement for me, for, for, for that to happen. Yes, yeah. I think that when you go to a leader for advice, uh-huh. a way, great way to encourage them is actually take their advice. <laughs> Y'all hear what he said? He said, when you go to a leader for advice, the great way to encourage them is actually take their advice. I mean, it can take a while to, like, to realize like that they're right like in certain ways, depending on the situation. Yeah, you're, you're right. It can take a while sometimes. But, you know, when, when, a, when a leader sits in your home and says, why do you want me here? You're not listening to anything I'm telling you anyway. Why am, I supposed, why am I here? Because you're going to do what you want to do. It's a pretty good bet that he's not been telling you just one time. He's been telling you for a while. You know, and, uh, and that happened to me. I, had, I told somebody that once. I said, why, why am I here? Because you're not listening to me anyway. You know, I'm driving all the way over here. We're studying. And then you're going to do, and they, that, that individual just said, I'm going to do this. I don't care what you say. Okay. You know, I said, I said, I'll see y'all. Yeah, hold on, Yeah, Larry. That, you know, like give them, they ask for advice, you're giving them the advice, and then they go ahead and do the exact opposite. I deal with it at work. Mm-hmm. Like, I ask you a question, and you give them an answer. Yeah. And then they go about doing it the, yeah, the harder way. Yeah. And that's exactly what Mark's saying. You know, yeah, it's a, yeah, a bit, it can be discouraging. Like, right. Uh, yeah, it can, it can be very encouraging when you watch it, and you watch it because if you're going to give them advice, if you do to do that, and they come to you, and you're going to do that, you know, you know that what you're telling them works if they'll do what you tell them. They wouldn't come to you otherwise. Yeah. They have some confidence that you're going to tell them, and so you tell them that, and then you watch it, you, you watch it, you watch it fall apart, or you watch it grow, and you watch it prosper, and you know. Oh, Larry, first, I'll get you in a minute, but Larry. You know. What you had said a week or so ago about this church is not hard to lead mm-hmm. by being easy to lead. 
showing respect mm -hmm. and, and being easy to lead. You know, what better compliment can you give them? Yeah. I thank you, Larry, for that because because that you know that is what it is. You know, when I tell you guys y'all are easy to lead, that is a compliment. Because I've talked, we've talked to Cole's talked to guys where they have eldership, and the eldership is falling apart because it's just overwhelmed. And you know, when I, when I tell you y'all are easy to lead, it doesn't mean y'all are perfect. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that 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 we've that we've gotten to a place now. Where, where the, the, the major upheavals, and now they, it may happen tomorrow. Okay, I don't know, but right now it's really easy to leave. Elizabeth, what did you want to say? That, like, what y'all were saying about, like, doing their complete opposite, that reminded me of my math class, because there was this one girl in my class that she didn't want to do, like, the way that they taught us. And the teacher kept on saying, well, if you don't do it that way, you're not going to pass because... When you get into high school, you're they're gonna grade it on your process, not on your answer. But I like I understand like you can't do it like in certain like positions, but you're gonna have to adapt to it. Like it's gonna be hard at like time. And, and you know, Elizabeth, that that happens. You know, I mean, I've <laughs> I have sat down with people and gave them advice and knew that they weren't gonna take it, and knew that I was this was gonna be a long haul. A teacher that's any count, a leader that's any count, I don't care if it's mom, dad, or if it's an elder or deacon, whatever it is, it's going to be in it for the hall. It's going to be in it to do, because because I have confidence that what I'm telling you is going to work, and I have to get you to a place where you believe me. And sometimes that takes a while. Sometimes that's hard. We don't have time this morning. I wanted to take you to Mark chapter 10, so we're going to start at Mark chapter 10 next week, and we're going to look at what Jesus says about leadership, because this doesn't really stop. This is going to go on for a bit. You know, but we're going to look at Mark chapter 10 and see Jesus talks about being a servant in the kingdom, being a leader in the kingdom, what it looks like. So that's where we're going to start next week. Thanks, guys. We're good to have you here, man. <laughs>